Yo, what it is, what it do, how we doing, how are you? It's your boy, Puro Caballero, a.k.a. Mario Caballero. And this is episode number 117 of the Puro Caballero show. And we doing this uh, live on Twitch at the moment. Give us a follow. Uh, hit the subscription button if you, you know, you're kind enough. Uh, but yeah, give us a follow on Instagram, uh, the Puro Caballero show. Uh, we've been posting a lot of clips uh, with uh, a lot of the guests, funny guests that we've had on the last few episodes. Um, today is September the 17th. We are one day after Mexican Independence Day, and uh, it is now currently, uh, what is it, Latin American Heritage Month? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, it's Latino Month in the U.S. Uh, it's weird. They give us a half a month and then a half of another month, so we got one full month i guess we got to october 15th i think so uh, so yeah uh how we doing how's it going uh it's been a few weeks since we back here uh, been back here in the studio to touch bases with you guys um i'm not gonna lie it was hot as balls here for about like a week week and a half in los angeles and it was uh pretty unbearable to be within the studio <laughs> i'm not gonna lie so uh yeah thank god the weather has been nice recently uh schedule has been a little dicey for myself but uh yeah we're back and we're doing it now um late night i just finished watching the canelo alvarez versus triple g triple g trilogy fight um which we'll talk about a little bit later uh also gonna definitely talk about uh some action in the ufc uh 209 representing uh represented big time at uh, ufc 279 we'll talk about the crazy 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 insane upset that happened at ufc 278 as well uh but first off i want to definitely give a big shout out to uh, everybody who's been helping me on the comedy shows recently big shout out to karina reyes uh for holding it down at the la muerte comedy show at the garage on motor um, that was a, another fun spot. Thank you. This is the second time being able to do your show. Appreciate it. Um, I got some shows coming up in the future. Next month in October, I'm going to be performing in Ukaipa. That's going to be dope. Uh, thank you, George uh, Farido, for that spot. Uh, I'll be posting all that information up on my Instagram page. Uh, as we get closer to the date, I believe that one is like October 15th. Um, but in between then, we got, you know, every other Tuesday we're there. Uh, we're doing the... Uh, Comedy show over at Thai Angel Bar in Koreatown. Definitely stop by. Take a look at this flyer that we have for this next Tuesday. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got East Los Marquez, Alex Brown, Mala Munoz, Alex Farvar, Brian Blank, and John Condelic on the show. Should be a very, very entertaining one. If you're in Los Angeles, come on by. Uh, 149 Northwestern Avenue. Uh, they got amazing, amazing food drinks galore and uh we'll have a, a dope comedy show uh for you this next tuesday all right so come by on the 20th and then uh yeah every other week pretty much we're doing things um gotta say thank you everybody who showed up and uh participated in uh the show that we had a couple weeks ago it was our one year at comedy anniversary night there at Ty angel bar kind of ran it more of like a, an open mic style so it was uh you know, uh, <laughs> a little bit more, I guess, of a random lineup in that aspect. But we had a fun time, and we uh, we enjoyed ourselves. So uh, thank you, everybody else who tuned in. We also tried to stream that one live on Twitch. That was a little bit of a test experiment to see how that that goes. So uh, so yeah, uh, thank you, everybody who uh, who participated and came by. 
Um, so yeah, one full year strong at uh, Thai Angel Bar in Koreatown. I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty proud of that. I'm um, I'm happy uh, that we're able to to get that much time. That's the longest we've had at any particular venue uh, since we've uh, been been running shows. Uh, so yeah, give us a follow Out of Breath Productions on Instagram. We'll be posting up all the new flyers. Working on a couple new places as always. Um, maybe Chinatown, maybe East LA. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm waiting on some people to get back to me, but hopefully we can get that up and moving. Uh, but yeah, give us a follow on Instagram, and uh, we'll be posting all the information on there. So yeah. Um, what else has been going on? Um, I guess since we're talking about the comedy game, we can get right to it. Um, big big shout out to joe coy for killing it absolutely murdering it on this last netflix comedy special holy shit i believe it's his fourth netflix special now uh live from uh, the los angeles forum and bro he had the forum feeling like a comedy club man he had everybody in stitches and i think they did a good job of shooting it and capturing the moment like you could see at certain parts where it's like damn it feels like it's kind of epic in terms of like how big the crowd is and how legendary that venue is and what have you. Um, and you can just feel that energy. There's like, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the forum and seen like a concert there or if you're old enough to have it happen to, to be able to see the Lakers play there or, or uh, maybe the King, I think the Kings played there as well, but um, maybe not. I don't know. In any event, if you ever seen an event at the forum it's uh there's like that 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 essence there and i think they did a very good job of capturing that while also not taking away from the performance like um and and i think the acoustics were really good too because sometimes when you record a special in like a bigger venue uh you only have a certain amount of mics and that means that you can kind of get drowned out sometimes um like the 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 laughs when you're there in person they travel and they spread but like sometimes you know um and the special doesn't necessarily translate as much and i think that was one of the issues i probably had with like tim Dillon's special that came out because i thought his shit was like pretty hilarious but i don't know if it like necessarily captured that same amount of excitement and energy from the crowd so like that's like a pretty pretty um uh difficult thing that to, to capture in the moment but i think they did a, a tremendous job and holy shit joe coy i think it's it should be well known by now that like this guy's a fucking murderer crazy professional and that dude is freaking hilarious <laughs> he had a couple bits that just had me fucking in stitches bro oh my god like he i don't want to ruin it for you guys but like the cpap joke and that whole section that whole bit in his oh my god dude fucking dude it had me i was sitting here by myself uh <laughs> watching it solo and i was just dying i could not stop i could not stop laughing man so he absolutely murdered it um another special that i would recommend to go ahead and check out is uh, sam Morell's new special that he had also on netflix um that one's called same time tomorrow i thought that one was pretty good that guy is like a, a epitome of like a, a joke writer. Like he's he just goes for for what's funny and uh, <laughs> man, his material just makes you like want to like keep working at your shit and just like um, keep working on that craft. Because uh, yeah, that dude is like consummate professional. I think he deserves all the the love and the accolades he's been getting recently. Both him and uh, uh, Norman have been freaking going all over the place all the podcasts and whatnot and just just killing it in my opinion though so them two dudes out of new york are definitely on the up and up um there's a lot of other guys as well that they they roll with that are 
hilarious. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, them two. Um, I'm a big fan of their podcast. Uh, I need to get a bottle of Bodega Cat from. Uh, uh, shout out to We Might Be Drunk though. Um, so yeah, give a give that another watch as well. Um, yeah, he touches on a whole bunch of different shit so it's pretty crazy there so um yeah those are some of the new specials that i've been uh recommending to people so i'll definitely give them some love um who else who else who else who else who else who else there was a damn yeah i think we gotta bring it up um Fortunately, I had mentioned that there was uh, um, that's another special that I gotta watch come uh, coming up sometime soon. Um, comedian David Arnold unfortunately passed away. Um, yes, he was a producer on Fuller House. Here, he was uh, someone who taught comedy in L.A. and uh, yeah, was, that that happened uh, about a week and a half ago. So that was unfortunate news, and we want to obviously extend our condolences to to him and his family but um yeah he had just released a special on netflix too so i was like damn that's pretty it's pretty sad so um definitely got to pay him tribute and watch his his stand-up sometime soon um shang wayne i know he has a stand-up special I believe on there i believe it's already on there yep sweet and juicy oh yeah so that one was released in august about a month ago so i got to there's a couple more specials that uh, I gotta watch. I still gotta watch um, Cristela Alonso's Middle Classy. That one, um, seen a few clips from. Made uh, I'm a fan of her. She's pretty funny. So gotta gotta watch them do their thing. Um, just haven't necessarily had the time and uh, the focus. I've just been I've been all over the place, folks. It's it's been it's been on <laughs> spin a lot, but. Um, yeah, I guess that's the news in the comedy game in the moment. Um, there's some other shit happening. <laughs> there's always political shit happening in the LA comedy scene. Um, wild, wild shit. There was a uh, craziness at a roast battle that happened between some YouTubers. So, yeah, I don't really know. I know some people who are there and are affiliated with the show that happened, but like, <laughs> I wasn't there, so I ain't gonna speak on it. So y'all can look up that craziness online if you want to. Um a few other people have talked about it. So yeah, go talk to them. Go talk to them. They know what's up. Um so what else? Oh yeah. Let's get right into it. Let's get to the fight game. Uh we gotta give a recap of the last couple weeks. And let's start in the UFC, man. It is uh um it's been a pleasure to watch Nate Diaz do his thing as a member of uh the UFC banner. But uh, I guess currently at this moment, his contract has finally been completed and run its course. Uh, there was a lot of craziness leading up to UFC 279 that was happening in Vegas uh, last weekend. And um, it was almost unprecedented what ended up happening with this card. So initially, it was supposed to be uh, the headline fight was Hamzat Shemaya versus Nate Diaz fighting at 170 pounds, right? Right, that was the plan going in there. Um, believe the second card, what was it supposed to be? Um, it was uh, da, 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 da. Kevin Holland was gonna fight Derek Rodriguez, 
And then Lee Jung Lin was going to fight Tony Ferguson also on that card. So that was what was supposed to happen. Those are the top three fights on that card. Uh, come to find out, Hamzat misses weight by seven and a half pounds. Freaking insane. And so he uh, basically got removed from the, from the main event. But uh, they did some rearranging and they like created another full different card basically. They flipped like the matchups between all those three previous fights. So now Tony Ferguson was in the main event fighting Nate Diaz with a day's notice. And then uh, uh, the co-main event was Hamza Shemaev now fighting Derek Holland when Holland is not a wrestler. Uh, uh, known for his wrestling, has been working on it. You know, he's better than he was before, but like Hamzat is a freaking menace when it comes to that. Um, and then it was Derek Rodriguez and Lee Xianglin, which um, props to Lee. He was actually the one who had to fight an opponent who was 10 pounds heavier um, and uh, was very game, uh, very controversial decision that they gave to Derek Rodriguez. I thought it was a pretty even fight, but um, I can understand why. Uh, Lee was very, very distraught after the fight because, like, I would have been pissed off too, man. It looked like he might have got two out of those three rounds, but it was very, very close. And you know, it's that's the fight game. That's what happens sometimes. So it's unfortunate to say, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. Um, I'm a big fan of Derek Rodriguez, and like, I, I feel like if he would have been prepared for Lee, he would have uh, had a better performance than what he had. So it's like that part was a little disappointing but like lee's very much a game fighter and uh, he's just a little bit smaller quicker opponent so it was difficult for him to time up his power punches and his strikes so uh so yeah we'll see what happens with those two moving forward um but yeah moving forward then we go into the co-main event which was like i guess also supposed to be another five round fight which didn't go that that long uh it was hamzat basically ragdolling Derek collin from the onset they go to kind of touch gloves, and uh, Hamza like fakes like he's gonna touch it, and then shoots on him and takes him down, and then basically hold held him down for the most part. I want to say Derek got up to his feet for for a brief second, and then uh, was taken down and uh, eventually submitted. I can't remember exactly which uh, uh, type of choke he gave him or what type of submission he used, but. Uh, but yeah, he was basically ragdolling him on the ground. And uh yeah, I think he, he got the submission under a minute or so and was just like, Oh, it's just oh man, just just jumped him quick and uh as he typically does. And yeah, that was uh all she wrote for that one. And he got booed pretty, pretty heavily in the T Mobile arena in Las Vegas. Uh obviously, I mean he's like still the the uh kind of playing the heel i guess in that that particular matchup with nate because he was uh he was talking his shit and um yeah a lot of the fans i guess didn't respect the fact that he didn't make weight apparently from his side he was saying that like the uh ufc doctors were telling him not to continue to make try to continue to cutting weight i guess the night before weigh-ins so i don't know i don't know what the fuck's real but uh yeah he didn't make it so um, which eventually led to Nate Diaz fighting Tony Ferguson, as we mentioned. Um, that fight was actually a pretty, pretty entertaining back and forth. Uh, on paper, it was like more of a closer matchup than I think Nate versus Hamza would have been because it was kind of like them feeding them to the to the Sharks for the the new up and comer. But uh, 
Um, they gave him Ferguson instead, the kind of the, the the old veteran who's on a nasty losing streak and uh, <laughs> coming off one of the craziest upkick TKO victories <laughs> I've ever seen. Michael Chandler just actually destroyed his chin just right here, right up the middle. Um, so yeah, it's not not the guy who's like maybe in like the the prime of his career or in a good spot. So for Nate, it was a uh, more of a, I guess, <laughs> matchup closer in comparison there. But uh, yeah, Nate eventually he was landing his strikes and they were going back and forth doing their thing. Ferguson just kept attacking the the, the lead leg because uh, Nate's a southpaw, so he was hitting that that right leg all night and beating him up and it looked like it was messing him up by the third round and uh <laughs> there was a couple times he was like i don't know if he was playing possum or if he was legit like just taking a break for a second there was one time he was all up on like the side of the cage he was chilling he was looking at him wasn't attacking him and then would like come back and then just like <laughs> throw a, a blow out of his face land him with a with a straight left so um yeah, Nate just being entertaining and doing his thing. It's kind of crazy because the uh, fourth round begins. And uh, Tony at that point is, is down at least 2-1, to one, probably 3 nothing, And his corner kind of gives him some advice. One of the cornermen told him to think about shooting on him, which if you know Nate Diaz, like you try to avoid the jujitsu game because like nate's not going to initiate that he's never going to initiate takedown but if you yourself are in a bad position and you scramble and you decide to level change on him he's going to just go for a submission like right away and that is pretty much exactly what happened to tony because it was like uh almost instantaneously because it was um they're standing up they're on the feet and then tony gets caught a couple times uh tries to level change goes down low tries to get his legs uh nate recognizes it immediately and then puts him in a freaking darce choke and then uh or um what is it if you can guillotine and uh gets him on the ground and then just cranks the neck and uh eventually gets the victory <laughs> and funny enough he got it at uh with the 209 mark in the fourth uh with two minutes and nine seconds left in the round so like that was pretty apropos uh, <laughs> like the fight gods were were definitely sending a message there but uh so yeah nate was able to to end it with the victory uh finish out his contract and now who's in the fuck knows man um it's kind of crazy that they rearranged the whole card with like a f day to go man um there was footage of nate at uh where was he he was out partying the night before like at a freaking motley crew concert um hanging out was it Motley Crue? Freaking, yeah, I believe it was. I think he was saying what's up to Tommy Lee. I think, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he said what's up to Tommy Lee backstage. <laughs> Him and his crew of like 30 people or whatever roll up to the concert. And they were out there until late at night. Um, and Tommy was telling me, he was just like, damn, bro, I didn't know you were getting out here like this late. And he was just like, yeah, dog, I'm a veteran. Like, I already know what to do. It's like, yeah, whoop de whoop. It's all good. Like, we cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, apparently there's footage of him watching <laughs> fight footage of Tony uh, 
at the concert <laughs> like, like just figuring it out right there so um yeah pretty wild stuff all around for for the ufc uh card there so yeah that was the last one ufc 279 um so yeah what's gonna happen with nate i think he's gonna start getting into boxing i know jake paul has called him out and uh i'm not opposed i'm not opposed to seeing him uh lace up the gloves and uh you know duke it out out there um the man deserves some paychecks and he's actually a pretty pretty uh, solid striker in his own right um so i think he could possibly get some victories i don't know we'll see we'll see maybe get a couple fights in and then possibly return to the ufc later on um yeah who knows who knows what could happen but um congrats to nate getting that w and um still being that fan favorite baby um what else what else um dude the freaking the UFC main event that happened prior to that, UFC 278. Bruh, dude. Oh, my God. It's been so long since this happened, but, like, we still got to talk about it. Leon Edwards with the head kick from hell. Holy shit. Holy shit. That was the greatest head kick knockout in UFC history all time. Considering the stakes, considering the situation, considering what was happening prior to that moment in the fight, the way uh, Salt Lake City um, elevation was, was, was fucking with the, the fighters' gas tank and, and their stamina. Like, it looked like Leon was like dead in the waters for like two and a half rounds prior. He may have won the first round. He got the first takedown against Kamar Usman that he has ever given up in his UFC career. So that was quite impressive, I will say. I will admit. But, like, holy shit. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah, Usman, he was up three rounds to one and was coast, like, doing his thing and just, like, not worrying. And it seemed like he started to open up a little bit in the fifth. And was looking a little bit more for the knockout. And so he was like kind of not on his, his concentration on his game. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say because the way Leon landed that kick, it looked like he was setting it up. And like, because there was footage of them drilling that combination where they fake the left. And then instead of hitting the, a low kick, they come up top because they had been faking and then going low, faking, going low, faking, going low. And he faked and then went bam. And then. That kick came right up over the top and smacked him right in the face. And, ooh, it was perfect, perfect clean knockout. And it was, oh, 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 man. I was yelling for, like, five straight minutes after it happened because I was in shock. I was completely just disarray. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was so, I, in my, I was like, this, my hands on my head, just, like, yelling, what the fuck just happened? What did I just watch, man? Because that was, that was one of the most intense comebacks ever from a guy whose nickname is rocky too like they've <laughs> there's some edits online of them putting the doing the rocky music with uh with the, his corner men giving him uh speeches in the in the corner in between rounds oh my god that shit was epic <laughs> as it was happening too i was like damn that the corner man's really just like 
or he wasn't even giving them technical advice when they were like listening into him. They were, he was just giving them freaking motivational speeches. And part of me was like, is this, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like you can just tell him, tell him to like what combinations to throw or like, you know, how to, you know, how to mix it up a little bit. He was just like telling them, just like stop punking out. <laughs> I was like, damn, all right, all right, is this going to work? Is that what works in the UK, I guess? He's like, oh man, talk. He was giving him, oh man, it was, it was, it was like some movie shit. It, I like, I, like, I don't know. The way it happened was intense. It was crazy. He's just like, don't let him bully you, son. Don't let him bully you. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> don't let him bully you, son. Oh, I just remember that quote. That was fucking. <laughs> I just kept saying that over and over. Don't let him bully you. Don't let him bully you, son. <laughs> Oh my god, that was some epic shit. Jesus Christ, this is, I'm getting emotional thinking about this shit. This happened like three weeks ago. <laughs> like, god damn it, man. Oh fuck, man. So yeah, Leon Rocky Edwards is currently uh champion at uh, 185 pounds in the UFC. Um took the belt on over back to uh, to Birmingham to the UK. So congrats to him, congrats to his team. Um uh, man, if you haven't seen the highlights already, go watch that. That shit was fucking unreal it was unreal um all right what else happened what else happened we got some other ufc news um uh, all right carla sparza looks like she's gonna have a tyler fight against zhang wei lee at ufc 281 on november 12th at msg that should be nice nice to watch um oh forgot to mention forgot to mention forgot to mention forgot to mention uh Camaro man so close to so close so so close so close so close to to setting the the record for most UFC wins in a row uh at 16 would have would have tied the record with Anderson Silva damn 57 seconds left in the round that was crazy that was crazy oh forgot to mention too uh what else happened Luke Rockhold had a crazy fight there with Paulo Costa uh, he got gassed, but it was still saying "fuck you" and just throwing bombs and shit. He was like "fuck you, bitch," <laughs> and connected on him. But uh, that was fucking epic to watch. Um, what else? Mirab, Mirab, Davilishvili, Davilishvili. He beat uh, Jose Aldo by unanimous decision, and I don't remember what else happened. Yeah, um, Rocky, I think he's going to get a rematch with Kamaru. And they said that maybe it was going to happen in Wembley. Bro, that would be fucking crazy. They're going to be, oh, dude, 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 dude. UK goes goes wild every time there's a fight over there. So uh, if it happens at Wembley, bro, oh, my God. That, that atmosphere would be intense. <laughs> it would be pretty crazy. Pretty crazy to see if he defends his belt on home turf we'll see what happens all right what else what else going on um yeah since kamaru lost uh alexander volkanasi is now currently the pound for pound champion of the ufc uh number one ranked fighter overall um what else all right off the uh some news outside of the octagon this is uh, news from july uh stockholm police arrested ufc's darren till for a dui back then in the month of July, he was apparently three times the legal limit. So, uh, Till, bro, you got to chill. <laughs> you got to chill, Till. You got to chill. Uh, get you that Uber. That Uber. Um, pretty sure they still have Uber over there. 
in Sweden. So yeah. After, uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, let's go over into boxing. Uh, start with bare knuckle. Uh, former UFC uh, fighter Mike Perry got a majority decision win in the sudden death overtime round against uh, former Bellator champion Michael Venom Page at uh, Bare Knuckle FC 27. This was on August 20th, a couple weeks ago. Uh, dude, there was, I saw some of the highlights and some of the photos and the interviews afterwards. Dude, they were, they were all torn up. And, uh, dude, <laughs> Platinum Perry is a freaking savage. <laughs> Apparently his hands are all broken and all busted up and he was still out there freaking duking it out. His nose is all jacked up as as it usually gets. Um, guys, uh, he'll take a punch, man. He'll take a punch or two or three or four, or twenty five or seventy two or whatever, whatever, man. However long the fight goes, but um, so yeah, the it looked like Venom was uh the fresher fighter earlier, and it looked like he tired out and just Perry just kind of came on towards the end. So wild shit, wild shit overall. Both guys came out. Guns a blazing. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to boxing with gloves on. A um, little bit of celebrity news: we got Le'Veon Bell, former NFL running back. He got a knockout over Adrian Peterson <laughs> last month. Uh, actually, last last week, actually on the tenth. Um, fucking wild, man! <laughs> oh, some wild shit. Clean, clean ass knockout, and now apparently he's calling out. Uh, Darren Williams, former point guard for the Utah Jazz, as uh, he's looking for another celebrity fight. We'll see what happens with that. Um, on over to the the heavyweights, though. Uh, Alexander Usyk he got a rematch victory over Anthony Joshua by split decision. He gets to retain his titles, and now they're talking about possibly fighting the Gypsy King Tyson Fury, who had retired. Um, this is probably coming back out of retirement. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, but right now they're talking like Fury's possibly going to be fighting Joshua. And like Joshua coming off those two losses, it's like, I don't know, man. It like, his chances of, of competing at that level are, are are getting like slimmer and slimmer by the year, by the day. Usyk, this guy looks like he's just a, a problem to, to be dealt with for the foreseeable future, man. Because uh, he's like a smaller heavyweight, but like that allows him, he uses his activity and his uh his speed and agility really well and it looked like he could take uh the power handle the power that joshua was bringing out and dicing out so um i don't know man i don't know joshua we keep talking about how he needs to like evolve his style and like learn how to become a more technical fighter and it just doesn't seem like he's been able to take that next step to where he needs to be in order to get that, that level of greatness for, for the heavyweight division. Um, so, yeah, 0-2 against Usyk, and it's kind of a weird post-fight interview between him on the broadcast for, for DAZN. Um, yes, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a tough tough draw for DAZN, too, because they just gave Joshua a shit ton of money for the next few years, so we'll see we'll see how that develops. Um we all we all know those uh, exclusive contracts and and all that stuff can can get a little dicey when some of these guys go on losing streaks. It's like ah man, like 
pretty sure they put enough clauses in there where it's like, all right, if you're fucking up, we can kind of like maybe not pay you what we're supposed to, or you have an opt-out clause or what have you. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, apparently Usyk, uh, Usyk, he's not going to fight for the rest of the year. So that means, so I, that, that will kind of lead the way for Fury to step in. But I don't know, Fury, Joshua, I don't know. They're talking about December 3rd. Uh, possibly taking place at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. Um, it was apparently going to be announced uh, sometime soon, but uh, the uh, Queen of England passed away, so there's uh, they put that uh, put a little timeout, put it on pause. So no announcement or any any news has been released recently. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, apparently they were going to agree to a forty sixty per split. So. 60% goes on over to uh to uh to Fury. So see if what happens there. Uh more heavyweight news. Uh, proud to say that Andy Ruiz uh beat Luis Ortiz by unanimous decision in a heavyweight showdown. Um he did get three knockdowns in that fight, which was uh which was nice to see. He um Ortiz is a game fighter, he's an older veteran, but like man, that dude he's uh you know he's <laughs> a crafty wily dude he's uh he comes from that cuban boxing lineage so like we you know he's not gonna go down easy and uh yeah it looked like uh ruiz was uh was able to connect a lot more had a bigger percentage of the uh the, the power punches in that fight so congrats on andy uh hopefully he can get on another little hot streak and keep going that way that would be dope that would be dope to see um all right, let's move on over to lighter weights. Uh, let's go back to 168. Uh, middleweight champion of the world, Canelo Alvarez, beats Gennady Golovkin once again uh, by unanimous decision in the trilogy fight. That is the fight that happened tonight on uh, the 17th of September. Um, I don't know what else there is to say here. It looked like Canelo was dominating the fight for out. Uh, throughout the first half of it up until maybe the seventh round and then triple g uh started coming back to life uh golovkin started showing his willingness to mix it up a little bit more and land some more power punches um throw some of those jabs double triple jabs um at canelo and uh instead of just necessarily just taking and receiving punishment and not being willing to kind of fire back. So he kind of opened up and he made it an interesting fight towards the end. Uh, both guys were able to land some shots, land some, some a couple hooks, but um, it looked like Canelo was in control of the fight for the most part. Um, he jumped him at the beginning. And I think that, uh, I don't know, uh, Golovkin now is 40 years old, so he doesn't have that gas tank that he used to have. So it's like, who knows? Who knows? Who knows uh, what ultimately was the effect? But uh, Canelo coming off of the only defeat of or second defeat of his career, excuse me, excuse me, lost to Mayweather, but then uh, lost to Dimitri Bivol in his last go round. And a lot of talk about his diet because he said that he was vegan and didn't come out with that same amount of energy level and uh, tenacity, the same amount of power that we're kind of known uh, or used to seeing from him so it looked like he kind of returned a bit to that it looked like he was kind of seeking that knockout a bit and um i don't know it's uh 
don't know if he gassed out or if he just didn't have as much down the stretch, but he, it looked like he still was um, still was doing damage to Golovkin, man. So Triple G had a like, pretty beat-up face towards the end of the fight. And um, even even when he was losing a round or two here and there. But uh, the scorecards were pretty interesting because there was two scorecards that had it um, – Canelo winning by only one single round, so it's like, what the hell? What the hell was going on there? That was pretty, pretty strange, pretty interesting. Um, so what's happening next? I don't know. I don't know who's gonna fight. Um, is he gonna fight B- Bivol again? I know Bivol's got a, a fight scheduled. Uh, he's gonna defend his WBA light heavyweight title against Gilberto Ramirez on November fifth in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates. So. So yeah, is he gonna just gonna wait for Bivol to see what happens there, and then maybe fight him at the beginning of the year next year? Who knows? We'll see. We shall see what's gonna happen. All right, let's go down to the lower weight classes. We got Vasily Lomachenko and Jermaine Ortiz. They're gonna agree to a deal for a lightweight fight this fall, uh, October 29th at the Hulu Theater in MSG in New York City. So yeah, Loma getting back into the ring, mixing it up. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We got uh, uh, Naya Inoue. ESPN's number two pound-for-pound boxer. He's going to have a title bout with Paul Butler for his WBO title. He's looking to unify the 118-pound division for the first time in almost 50 years. He's got the WBA, WBC, and the IBF belt, so he just needs that WBO there from uh, from Butler. So see if he can get it. Uh, Devin Haney and George Combosos. That should be a freaking firefight. Uh, uh, that rematch is going to be announced. Uh, looks like it's going to be... Um, October 15th next month at, uh, where are we fighting? Where are they fighting? Um, oh, in Australia. They're going to fight in Rod Laver, uh, Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. So, yeah, typically see some tennis action going on over there, but now they're going to be, uh, they're going to be having, hosting, uh, championship boxing events. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I can't remember the last time there was a, Big, big event happening in Australia like that. So, Bombosos uh, trying to represent for the his boys down under. And uh, Haney ain't no joke, man. Obviously, he got the victory against him last time. But Combosos, uh, I think he he wasn't fully healthy. That's what they always, a lot of the times, that's what they say. <laughs> when they lose, everyone's got an excuse and all that. But uh, hopefully this time he doesn't have that uh, that out card. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see if he can just come out and bring that heat there. So, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, Dimitri Bivol is fighting. Um, as we go up to heavyweight again, Deontay Wilder is going to fight Robert Hellenius in Brooklyn on October 15th. Let's see what Wilder's got left in his career. Um, if he's got another run at some belts, possibly. Fury decides to give a couple of them up later. And stay retired. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Um, maybe a Deontay Wilder versus Andy Ruiz fight. Hey, hey, hey. That might not be bad. Or uh, Wilder Joshua. A couple people <laughs> um, that were almost there. That might not be a bad bad idea. Maybe Usyk taking on some of those guys that he hasn't fought yet. So a couple matchups to be made in the heavyweight division. We'll see. Hopefully some of these guys are willing to put it all on the line and actually fight some of the people of top competition. So what will the future hold? Who knows? Tune in to find out. Um, let's see here. 
All right, we're talking about it earlier. Talk about Jake Paul fighting. Um, he's actually got another fight scheduled um, before he could possibly take on Nate Diaz sometime in the future. But uh, he's actually going to be fighting Anderson Silva on October the 29th in Phoenix. It's going to be an eight-round fight, fought at 187 pounds. And uh, this is going to be pretty interesting. We got Jake Paul coming off the knockout victory. Um supposed to be fighting a couple of different people uh Hasim Rahman Jr he had to pull out of a fight recently a couple of weeks ago um he was supposed to fight Tommy Fury as well Tyson's younger brother and that fell through because he had visa issues cuz apparently that dude's a nut uh <laughs> and then, uh, I think he's got some assault charges <laughs> in the UK uh filed against him apparently from that's the rumor that's from what I heard I don't know what's real and what's not but uh that's the that's the word on the street. So yeah, so that that fight didn't uh, materialize, but it uh, looks like he's gonna be taking on Anderson Silva, and Silva himself uh, getting into the boxing game uh, has had a pretty good pretty good run so far. Even though he's like an older guy, man, he's um, he's beat some 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 decent opponents. Um, came off of a, a victory, I think it was over BV Tor Belfort. I think he think he knocked him out. Was I say? Hold on, what's Anderson Silva's fight? Uh, uh, Anderson Silva boxing record, yeah, career record. Who's who did he fight? Yeah, Tito Ortiz. Oh, Tito Ortiz. I think that was the last one that he fought. Knocked the crap out of him. Um, yeah, let's go to box rec. Why not? He's got three wins, one knockout. So yeah, he be. Oh, he's got one loss. He's got one loss. Is it unofficial? His debut, Julio Cesar de Jesus won there. He beat Julio Cesar Chavez, and then he knocked out Tito Ortiz, and now he's fighting Jake Paul. So yeah, that's what it is. That's his uh, that's his record right there. Bang. So Jake Paul five and zero. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Anderson Silva is definitely a game fighter, but uh, man, if Paul gets through Silva. I think, yeah, that Nate Diaz fight, ooh, it'd be pretty enticing. That'd be pretty dicey for him. That would be an interesting matchup. It'd be a lot of money involved. Both guys get nice little payout, so that'd be nice for Nate. That would be nice. That would be very nice. 209 get to represent one more time. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, unfortunate news that I got to mention here. This is something that came across my... Uh, my news feed uh, looks like uh, George Foreman, boxing legend, uh, former heavyweight champion. It looked like he was uh, accused of alleged sexual assault, um, assaulting two minors in the 1970s. There was a lawsuit that was presented against him, so that's the current allegations. We'll see what the court has to say. Um, 1970s was a long time ago, so, man, if, like, if that is, in fact, true, man, that's freaking horrible that... Um, these acts have gone unpunished for that long. So, um, I mean, this man, he had himself a second, he had like a second career in boxing after he had retired and then came back, became heavyweight champion again, and then became uh, a spokesperson and a marketer and all that stuff, selling his, uh, his grills and all that. But, it paints that whole history kind of in a different light. If these, Allegations do come 
and in fact are true so that's uh that's unfortunate we'll wait for the courts to kind of determine what the hell is going to happen there i don't this is such a long time ago it's like it's i don't know i don't know it's weird who knows who knows what kind of evidence and what they'll be able to present and what's admissible and what isn't so i don't know i ain't no damn lawyer that's all i that's what i do know um yeah this shit's dicey it's always always is and um it's tough it's tough tough to get to wrap your mind around it's just like damn man freaking disappointing who knows who knows what the truth is though so um crazy stuff man um kind of in that same realm we got to kind of transition over to the world of the nfl uh week one just took place um but we'll leave well we got some we got some news to lead up into that uh first off we got to announce that um deshaun watson will be serving an 11 game suspension for his sexual misconduct uh that occurred while he was a member of the houston texans a few years ago uh with the whole massage parlors and all that stuff so keep your dick in your pants bro fucking get yourself a big bigger damn towel and all that shit so yeah, so he's missing the first 11 games of the season for the Cleveland Browns. He did get fined $5 million as well in uh, in the uh, settlement that he made with the uh, the NFL in the, the union. So um, off the field shit, it's affecting on the field stuff. Um, another player who got caught up in some off the field recklessness, uh, former punter for the bills matt ariaza uh formerly of san diego state university he was accused of uh, a gang rape in a civil lawsuit while he was a member of the aztecs football team um believe this happened in 2021 and it was something that was apparently known to have occurred on campus between uh other people uh other students there um there was one woman who claimed to have gotten drunk and then was unconscious and then apparently had some uh, intercourse there with uh, Mr. Ariaza. So uh, that whole news came out during the preseason and uh, the way the Bills were handling it was kind of questioned a bit, but eventually they did eventually, uh, eventually, 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 eventually. At some point, they eventually cut him from the team. So kind of had to cut their losses there. Um, it was unfortunate. He he went viral for some crazy uh, long punt that he had in the preseason. And it looked like he was a talented guy, but it looks like he may never get another chance now with this uh, off the field stuff. Because uh, he's definitely going to have to fight to keep his name. And uh, at this point, if you're an NFL team for a punter, it's not something that you really want to take a big swing on so chances for him to come back i would say are probably pretty pretty limited but um who knows who knows what the future holds um da, 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 what's moving on moving on uh let's get into some news about uh some contracts for the nfl we got a lot of uh a lot of players signing extensions and signing different uh uh raises and whatnot 
prior to the NFL season. Let's go with uh, let's start with uh, the Denver Broncos giving Russell Wilson a five-year extension, reportedly worth two hundred forty-five million dollars. That comes with one hundred sixty-five guaranteed and an annual average salary of forty-nine million. That is second in the league, only behind Aaron Rodgers. So this guy is getting pup 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 pay to be the number one guy over in uh, in the Mile High City. So, um, so yeah, they they push their chips and they're all in on letting trying to let Russ cook over there. So, so we'll see how he how he handles things going forward. Um, is he a little older? Is he a little long in the tooth? I tend to think so. I'm also very biased, and I don't want to see that team necessarily succeed. So, yeah, that's uh, so that's that's what's going on over there. Uh, also in the AFC West, we've got the LA Chargers are going to make uh, Derwin James a top paid safety in the NFL with a four-year $76.4 million deal, and that comes with $42 million guaranteed. So uh, congratulations to Derwin for getting that money. Um, also got himself a number change, which is, you know, you know these new NFL numbers, or they're just letting all these players wear whatever. It's like, it's kind of cool, but it's trippy because like we've seen guys in certain numbers for their whole career and now they're switching it up and that that part takes a minute to kind of go like oh shit this guy's number seven but he's a linebacker <laughs> like this guy's number nine uh he could be like a quarterback a wide out a running back a defensive end like <laughs> you know or corner you never know it's uh so so that whole thing is kind of interesting but um yeah derwin james didn't change teams but he changed numbers he went from 33 to three um yeah, I mean, even Dalvin Cook, he's he's running around wearing number four now. Uh, used to be number thirty-three, and uh, uh, I think Alexander Madison changes number two. It's back up, so it's uh, it's all over the place. <laughs> it's all over the place. Uh, back to the deal. So let's see here. Uh, Tennessee Titans they give running back Derrick Henry two million dollar raise for the year. That makes him the highest paid running back in the NFL at fourteen million dollars per season. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was the highest, and he was set to earn 12.4. So, yeah, so he went from 12 versus 12.4 to now 14. Over. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Rob Havenstein from the Rams. Left guard, he agrees to a three-year extension worth $34.5 million with $24.1 million guaranteed. Uh, Dawson Knox of the Bills, uh, tight end, very talented player. He's got a four-year $53.6 million extension, $31 million guaranteed. And uh, someone that's important to my heart right here, Darren Waller, he signs a new deal uh, with the Raiders. Three years, $51 million. So congratulations, Darren. You've earned yourself a nice little extension, nice piece of change there. Um, there was some drama uh, involved with the negotiations because uh, previously uh, Waller was a member of for the Clutch Sports Agency, which is uh, LeBron James' uh, representatives. And he eventually let them go and signed with Drew Rosenhaus and uh, who else? Uh, Robert Bailey, I guess, that their collaboration. And um, yeah, they were able to get him a deal. So they were able to get pen to paper and get this shit squared away. So hopefully he can keep producing for the silver and black. <sighs> I believe he got a, I should have had a touchdown in week one, man. Fucking car. Messed up the game. Anyway, anyway, um, moving on. Uh, one of the best offensive linemen in the game, Quentin Nelson, signs a deal with the Indianapolis Colts. It's a four-year extension 
worth a record $80 million, so $20 million per season, $60 million of that guaranteed. Congratulations there, Quentin Nelson. That man is nasty. He's one of the reasons they have a great, great run game, and uh, Jonathan Taylor is just eating up yards left and right. Um, uh, over in Chicago, we had Roquan Smith saying he's going to play out his contract uh, with the Bears. He's, quote, unquote, I'm just going to bet on myself. Uh, he was uh, representing himself. He didn't have an agent, and so he was trying to get uh, a contract extension with Chicago, but they were playing hardball with him, so he's just like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to play this out, and then uh, we'll go from there. So we'll see. That that man's trying to get his money, man. He had a crazy week one performance, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, let's see. Lamar Jackson, he had his own issues trying to negotiate his contract as well. I think it was him and his mom are dealing with the, the Baltimore Ravens directly. And they weren't able to get anything done. Um, apparently, Baltimore had offered him a uh, $250 million deal, uh, which he rejected, which is crazy when you think about it. But if you understand the market of the quarterbacks, um, it's kind of actually uh, a little under what he should be making, considering that he's an ex-NFL MVP and a uh, hell of a talent. Um, so, And he's like the face of the franchise moving forward. So... Without Lamar, if you're gonna lose Lamar, that's you, you're starting back at square one, basically, because like they've built the whole offense around the skill set that he has, and um, yeah, it would be it would be a big drastic change if uh, if somehow, some way, another team is able to pluck him from the Ravens, but um, that would be a big what if, big big what if. So yeah, I think the likelihood is that they'll be able to get something done over the next off season it's just it's always another whole thing when uh you got somebody uh um uh what was i gonna say just negotiating directly without an agent that's a whole nother thing what up loose leaf how you doing how you doing um yeah it does look like the niners are a mess right, <laughs> right now um we'll talk about it man we'll talk about the niners man they they got some controversy going on in the quarterback room right now uh they had given the keys to trey lance and we're trying to get rid of jimmy garoppolo but there was no takers so then they were like all right screw it let's just bring him back for another year so now jimmy garoppolo he signed to another uh uh he restructured one year deal he's gonna get six and a half million dollars of base salary if he plays a lot and he gets incentives that can go up to 16 million but i don't think that's he's gonna get get there if he stays at the niners at least um so yeah, he's back on the roster. Now there's a chance that he might play at some point in the season because Trey Lance didn't look super promising week one. But uh, it was—he's a rookie. He was playing in a crazy temp, crazy weather with the the rain coming down in Chicago. Like the field was a freaking mess. It looked like they were playing in a slip and slide uh, out there for half the <laughs> half the highlights. Man, it was it was intense. But um, but yeah, they. Uh, um we'll see what happens we'll see what happens there so a little bit craziness in the quarterback room uh trey lance making it rain though y'all see that shit <laughs> in the club man just throwing throwing some some ones on some strippers I, did that happen recently i don't know the footage came out so so <laughs> but yeah that's uh yeah we'll, we'll see what's going on with the niners man we'll see what's happening uh there was a lot of expectations for the team moving into this season so so who knows who knows how if, uh uh george kittle can be healthy i know he missed the first week of the season but 
They still got some guys. Debo's still there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's still there. The running back room, that that might be a bit of an issue. Um, they were looking to come to the season pretty strong in that department. They had, uh, But they, they ended up waving their third-round pick from last year, Trey Sermon, um, who ended up getting claimed by the Eagles. And all reports were that he was looking promising going into, uh, into the regular season. But uh, no longer. Man's no longer part of the squad. So um, he never made it there. Um, I want to say they just lost Elijah Mitchell, who was their uh, a rookie last season. Another guy they were looking to get a lot of production from. And uh, he has a knee injury. So it looks like now they're down to Jeff Wilson Jr. So, yeah. Um, a lot of question marks for the Niners, man. There was uh, a lot of hope and a lot of optimism for that team moving forward. Um, yeah, Niners aren't the only ones who've let go of a couple high draft picks. I got to mention this, man. Very disappointing to see, but the Las Vegas Raiders had to uh, eventually make a move. They let go of the t- last year's first-round pick, not a couple years ago. Last season's first-round pick, Alex Leatherwood. He did not look good at all. Um at right guard or right tackle, it was not pretty in the preseason. I mean, even in the preseason, he's not even playing against number ones. He couldn't hold his own. So, yeah, man, he had $7.86 million in dead money owed to him for this season. That's, uh, dude, like, first-round draft pick getting cut is, like, almost unprecedented, man. Um, yeah. million for next year, too. Um, Eventually, he was claimed off of the waivers by the Bears, but good fucking luck. Y'all can have him. He was, oh, man, it was, he he was so trash last season, and and going into this year, it was, man, 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 man. That was crazy. Um, Let's see here. this is a little bit of a surprising move. The Raiders ended up trading Trayvon Mullen to the Cardinals for a conditional 2023 six-round pick. Uh, if the man plays 10 or more games, turns into a fifth-rounder. So um, it's interesting, interesting moves. A couple other trades happened in the offseason. Jaguars trade LaVisca Chenault to the Panthers for a seventh-round pick in 2023 and a sixth-round pick in 2024. Um, Eagles trade former first-round wide receiver Jalen Rager to the Vikings for a seventh in 23 and uh, another seventh in 24, or excuse me, a conditional pick. Could be fourth, could be fifth. We don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Um, So yeah, Rager, very disappointing uh, career there with Philadelphia. Um, But uh, Philly also making some other moves, though, bringing some guys in. They got uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and a seventh-round pick in 2025 from the Saints, for a fifth in 23 next year, uh, a sixth rounder in 24. And it looks like he's going to play a safety for Philly. So, like, that, that's a solid pickup there for the Eagles, man. So, um, Eagles look like uh, they're trying to stake their claim over in the NFC East. As, uh, Cowboys might be on the way down. So we shall see what happens there. A um, lot, of, lot of news going around in the NFC. Um, let's see here. We had Tom Brady having freaking marital issues, <laughs> leaving the Bucks for like two weeks, a week and a half. Um, finally came back. Um, yeah, there's been a lot, whole, whole bunch of tabloid uh, news going between G- Giselle Bunchen and, and Tom. Uh, apparently, they're not on the same page right now. 
looks like Giselle's upset because she thought Tom was going to finally retire. And uh, he came back and is playing again. So is that the end of that relationship? I don't know. I don't know. Is this fuel for Tom to get another ring? Probably. <laughs> He's probably using this shit uh, to his advantage there. That's, uh, will the Bucks do well this year? I don't know. They're still, still waiting on Chris Godwin to come back. But uh, they... They got a good victory against Dallas the week one. Beat up the Cowboys, and now the Cowboys look like they're in shambles. So, yeah. What's going to happen? I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, there was a story a couple weeks ago. Dana White was on a broadcast with the Gronks on one of the, their Gronkowski casks or whatever the fuck. <laughs> or what was it? Uh, some show. Um, and he was telling the story of how he was trying to help Tom Brady come over to the Raiders to play in Vegas. And apparently the Raiders organization said, nah, we don't want him because he's too old. And they want, wanted to keep Derek Carr. And John Gruden was the head coach at the time and the general manager. And so there was reports that Brady had already been was looking at houses and had like had that shit all set up and was ready to go. And the organization said no. So is it is it Gruden's fault that Brady didn't become a Raider, um, most likely <laughs> from everything I've seen. But um, man, that would have been a crazy what if scenario if that uh, if those moves would have happened. Um, could they have gotten a Super Bowl? Could they? I don't know. I think it's, it could have been very possible because you would have got like a lot of great players. Would have came with Gronkowski too. Some other guys would have definitely came, joined the team. Who knows? Who knows? Tampa wouldn't have had one. A lot, lot of what ifs. A lot of what ifs, man. A lot of what ifs. Freaking Gruden. Yeah, the, the whole Gruden regime, looking back on it in hindsight, is looking worse and worse by the by the day, man. Because, oh, man, they had so many first-round draft picks that they got for trading away Khalil Mack, and they squandered most of them. I mean, Damon Arnett's not on the team. Henry Ruggs not on the team. Alex Leatherwood's not on the team. Cleveland Farrell's almost out of the rotation for playing. It's like, and all these guys were first round draft picks. Like they got saved that they by the fact that they found Darren Waller and picked him up off the waivers. They uh, they drafted Max Crosby in the second round, and um, they were able to get Devontae Adams this last offseason. So like, yeah, they've been saved by like a couple different moves there, but. Um, yeah, Derek Carr, he's been through a lot in his career. And if he's able to finally get some success at this point, I'm I'm gonna be so happy for him. But uh who knows? Who the fuck knows, man? He's got his work cut out for him this year once again. Um Man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <sighs> Frustrating shit. Too many what ifs. Too many what ifs. Um, let's see what else happened before the season. Uh, a couple practice brawls last month. Aaron Donald. That was funny. He got he got into it with the Bengals. That was fucking hilarious. He was swinging helmets at people and shit like that. I was like, damn, he's ripping helmets off a of dude's heads. Like, that's not the guy you want to get into a scuffle with, man. Uh, I think they canceled practice after that happened. Um, let's see. Um, Rams were dealing with some injuries. Matt Stafford had an elbow issue he was dealing with for most of training camp. Uh, week one, it looked like he was making all the throws uh, he needed to. So he, he missed a couple, but 
I mean, he didn't look too bad. They were playing the Buffalo Bills. I think that might be the, the Super Bowl favorites for this season. Eventually lost in the opening game of the season. Um, yeah. <laughs> See if he can stay healthy the rest of the year. Um, Rams also extended uh, their head coach, Sean McVay, and their GM, Les Snead, through 2026. So it looks like they're going to be sticking together for the foreseeable future. There's a lot of rumors about McVay possibly joining uh, Amazon on their broadcast team. Um, Apparently, they were going to offer him some buku bucks to to go ahead and do that. But uh, he's like, nah, man, I'm going to compete. I want to get another Super Bowl or try to try try to keep uh, keep winning there in L.A. All right. Some injury news. Uh, we're talking about the Cowboys earlier. Um, Tyron Smith, their left tackle, their prem, uh, premium offensive lineman. He uh, is out until at least December with a knee fracture. Uh, as a result, they've added Jason Peters former left tackle with the Philadelphia Eagles amongst a few other teams. I think he was with the Bears last season. But yeah, that man is uh, still doing it. I want to say he's now like 40 years old, but still uh, still ginormous. <laughs> still, still a gi- giant of a human being. So um, we'll see if he'll be able to pick up the offense and get to work there. Um yeah, they're missing the quarterback too. I know Dak Prescott, he injured his uh his finger on a throw uh in that first game against Tampa on that Sunday night. So uh so now he's gone for an extended period of time. Now they got Cooper Rush in there at QB. So uh things are looking a little dicey in Big D. So we'll uh find out how that unfolds. Um more injury news. Uh Tennessee Titans Pro Bowl linebacker held Landry. He suffered a torn ACL and will be missing the season, it looks like um, crazy, crazy incident happened before the year for uh, Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson. Uh, the rookie looked like he was going to get a lot of uh, playing time, a lot of burn uh, for this uh, this upcoming season at that running back position. But uh, unfortunately, there was a carjacking that he uh, uh, was a victim of on August the 28th. And he ended up getting shot multiple times in the leg and in the butt. Um. Uh, yeah, he was apparently wrestling with the gun with the guy, and the gun went off, bang, bang, twice, and hit him. So he was rushed to the hospital. Eventually, he was okay, but um, I think the police identified the assailants. I don't know if they got anybody at this point. I haven't really read into the that part of it, but uh, yeah, he's uh, it looks like he's recovering. He was released from the hospital, and looks like now he's actually. Uh, training with the team he was put on the the pup list the pup list so he's not going to be able to return until i think week five at the earliest he's got to miss the first four games but uh um it looks like he's now like practicing on the side and is starting to run a little bit so like that's pretty crazy man hopefully he's being be able to recover but uh damn what a fucking ah dude it's like when paul pierce got stabbed (laughs) like damn man Freaking overcoming, overcoming some brutal shit, man, just to get on the field or on the court. So, uh, hats off to you, Brian Robinson. Hoping you, hopefully, you have a nice, speedy recovery. And uh, that's gotta freaking suck, man. This dude tried to get uh, carjacked on him. Crazy, crazy shit. All right, um, all right. Let's talk about week one. We finally had some week one shit happen in the books. We're now an hour and ten minutes into this podcast, and now we're talking about the shit that just happened. Um, 
as we tune in uh, and bring you more shows throughout the year, I'm going to try to break this down week by week to see what the fuck is going on. Um, but last week, as we mentioned before, uh, Buffalo Bills, they start their season with a dominant victory over the L.A. Rams. They looked impressive. They look like the favorites uh, from week one on the outset. I mean, they, they took down the defending champs, and they made them look pretty silly. Like, it was not a competitive game in the second half. And, um, yeah, the addition of Von Miller on that team is going to be freaking huge. Um, he had four sacks on Matthew Stafford, and uh, it was just a menace. It was just wrecking, was just wrecking their offensive line, um, which uh, they had a, the retirement of... Um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, fuck, dude. Um, God damn it. Uh, Rams left tackle. Uh, retired. What the fuck is his name? Andrew Whitworth. Jesus Christ. I can't. I could not think of his. Yeah, Whitworth retired. Freaking, he was like forty-two years old. He's like older than the head coach by a few years. And um, yeah, they need some more help there on the offensive line who knows what the fuck's gonna happen there um so yeah bills look really good i think the rams will still be okay but you know they just ran into a bus all week one um colts and texans surprising tie <laughs> ties hardly ever happened in the nfl but they almost had like three of them week one um colts had to make a come from behind uh rally just to send it in overtime and then Nobody was able to score. So uh, it's a tie. And let's see. Steelers and Bengals, they almost tied as well. Um, Bengals should have won that game. I think like nine times out of ten, if they replay it, they probably win it. But um, Joe Burrow, he had four interceptions. Did not look very, very sharp. They, uh, they had an injury to their long snapper. So they had a backup long snapper in there. So... They were down six points in the fourth quarter. They score a touchdown to Jamar Chase uh, in the in the last minute, and uh, eventually they, I think they missed the PAT or they got the PAT blocked, because um, the the whole routine and everything was all off, and uh, they missed the field goal in overtime as well. Uh, Steelers also missed a field goal, but then they got the ball back, and then they eventually hit a game winner. Um, with a few minutes left there in overtime. So Steelers got a crazy upset victory. Uh, we should have seen it coming as soon as we saw that Mike Tomlin came out and gave the team all black Air Forces <laughs> and said, like, we're establishing it. The fucking, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, establishing the mood for the season. We're coming and uh, we're coming to with, with the... <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking late. It's like past midnight now, and I'm losing uh, concentration. Fucking a man. They they're just like we're coming with that black air forces energy. All right, we're we're robbing your shit, and we ain't saying sorry. All right. So um, yeah, that's kind of what they did, man. They came in. Uh, they smacked the Bengals around. Their uh, Micah Hyde had a pick six to start the game. Uh, first pass of the game. Uh, so. Uh, Steelers defense, they look like they're going to be a problem. Uh, the offense, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with TJ Watt. He suffered a torn, uh, not a torn peck, but he had a, um, uh, uh, not completely torn, but he's going to have to have surgery on it. So he'll be back uh, later in the season, hopefully in October, they say. Uh, 
but uh, he'll be gone for a minute. Um, they thought that was possibly going to be season-ending injury. If you've tore completely, that's typically what happens. But uh, for him, uh, the sack leader last year, he's going he's gonna to be missing some time. But it uh, looks like he'll be back. What else? What else? What else? Another tie almost happened. Uh, Panthers-Browns, that was the uh, revenge game there for Baker Mayfield. Uh, he actually played pretty well, but uh, the Brownies, surprisingly, they, they, they got a strong team outside of uh, um, that quarterback position. I know they got Jacoby Brissett in there right now at the moment as uh, Watson serves a suspension, as we mentioned. But damn, man, like that was a, that was a crazy kick to win it, though, from I think this guy's Gabe York or something York. Uh, kicker for the cleveland browns man he hit a 58 yarder and he looked like he could have hit it from 68 man because he <laughs> he hit it halfway up the up the netting uh like oh my god like a no doubter it was freaking crazy so um yeah he was able to get that kick off at the end and they were able to get the win their running backs and their running game is still really good and it looks like they their defense was uh was out there miles garrett is still tremendous tremendous force as a pass rusher too so so yeah that's uh it's a couple things that's happened there um raiders lost to the chargers Derek Carr had four turnovers he had three picks and a, a fumble a lost fumble i think he had another fumble that got recovered by the team so it's like it was uh he was under duress. Um I will say Devontae Adams did look very good in his debut. Um oh my god, he was crossing over crossing up corners and DBs like all day and got a touchdown, got seventeen targets, only ten got not only ten catches. Dude, dude just put in work. Yeah, ten catches, man. So, but um I will say this. Devontae in the Raiders silver and black, I don't think there's been a player who's looked that cool in that jersey since maybe Charles Woodson was on the team. Because, like, man, him rocking that 17, that 1-7 just looks, ooh, looks crisp, man. I need to give me one of those jerseys, man. Um, so, yeah, he, I have a friendly wager going on right now with uh, my roommate who's a Minnesota Vikings fan. He's, uh, I said, all right, whoever gets more receptions for the year buys the other person dinner so that's the friendly wager and we'll see what happens but uh Vontae right now i think is like they're both like top five so um we'll see what happens we'll see what happens um congrats to the minnesota vikings they got a nice victory over green bay packers they uh molly whopped them pretty much man uh yeah justin jefferson holy shit he had like 180 receiving yards a couple touchdowns that dude was on fire Gritting it up like crazy and everything, all that. But um, um, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he, he had a rough outing. It looked like his young receivers were not on the same page. Christian Watson, he, he threw it to him deep on the right sideline, and he was wide open and uh, completely dropped a pass that would have led to a touchdown or very close. Um, I think A.J. Dillon and, and uh, Aaron Jones are going to be okay, and I think the team will be okay overall. But uh, it was a little bit of a rough start there for, for Green Bay. Um, some of their guys in the offensive line are still banged up and weren't out there. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there in the NFC North. But, um, I mean, Aaron's done this before. He's the back-to-back -back MVP, so I think he'll 
he'll find a way to figure it out. He doesn't have Devontae Adams like he's had in years past, so that's going to be a challenge. And Alan Lazard, the guy who was supposed to be his number one wide receiver, didn't make it uh, make it healthy in time to uh, to join the, the the club and all that shit. So uh, uh, for week one, so so we'll see if he comes back week two. Uh, let's see here. Oh, big, 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 big upset that happened on Monday Night Football. Uh, gotta mention it. Um, Seattle Seahawks getting the upset over the Denver Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson returning back to Seattle in front of the Twelves, acting like the cornball like he is. Uh, <laughs> and I think like the football gods were on the Seahawks side because it was just like a bunch of crazy breaks that were happening for them. Geno played pretty well, I will say that he made some good throws, but. Uh, Man, the Seahawks defense, they made a goal line stand after goal line stand after goal line stand after goal line stand. Dude, the Broncos could not figure out what the fuck to do in the red zone because they could not get it in to score. And they had fumbles on the one-yard line twice. They had uh, another stuffed uh, <laughs> attempt inside the five-yard line. And then they had to settle for a field goal as well. So it's like they're leaving points on the board like crazy. and so. Um, Seattle able to get it done, man. Able to get that first victory of the season, and oof, if uh, if Russ doesn't improve or doesn't look as like maybe younger Russ, then the Broncos might be kind of second guessing themselves over that fat contract they gave him that extension. But um, this is me being biased as a Raider fan, hoping that that's what happens there because uh, the AFC West is no joke, folks. Uh, Justin Herbert is uh, ridiculous, man. Um, he didn't even have Keaton Allen most of the game against the Raiders, and he was just still picking them apart. Who do they have? DeAndre Carter was in there making plays and shit. Freaking Gerald Everett had a touchdown. and Yeah, anyway, I mean, he still has Mike Williams. Mike Williams had a big game on this last Thursday night uh, performance for week two. But, um, yeah, Herbert's just got to stay healthy. He's day-to-day with uh, some some cracked ribs or fractured ribs i want to say so um he was getting uh beat up there by the chiefs um chiefs are now 2-0 and so they're leading the afc west as we speak right now they uh they beat the cardinals up pretty bad week one as well so it looks like kansas city's still a force um chargers are right there very talented they've already beat the raiders i mean i think the raiders have a good good uh good enough talent to compete they need to get a little bit more out of Chandler Jones. Crosby, I think, will still be solid, but the offensive line for the Raiders is the hugest question mark. If Carr is going to be under duress all day, then it's going to it's going to be problems. There's going to be problems for them. Not going to have enough time to hit his weapons. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. Um, yeah, and if the Broncos are any good, then that's just that just throws a fourth team into the mix. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Javante Williams seems like he's the best running back, but they still give him Melvin Gordon a lot of run. Both guys fumbled at the one, so I mean, <laughs> you got to give it to somebody, right? Um, Judy seems like he's still a good, good, uh, good, uh, good option there for for Russ, but uh, we'll who knows if they'll get back on the same page and uh, up to speed. Let's see what else. What else? Um, it was an injury, big injury for the Seahawks in that game. They they lost uh, safety Jamal Adams pretty early. Uh, it looks like he's going to have season-ending quad surgery. Um, he got a pressure up on Russell Wilson and then eventually injured himself on that, that same play. Uh, let's see here. Um, T. 
TJ Watt, he's coming back in October. We mentioned that. Dak Prescott, he's going to need hand surgery. He's going to reportedly miss six to eight weeks. Um, let's see. Chris Godwin and Donovan Smith, they both suffered injuries also in that that uh, that game against the Cowboys. Elijah Mitchell for the Niners, I mentioned. He's missing eight weeks with the sprained MCL that he suffered against the Bears. Uh, Raiders cornerback Anthony Averett, uh, he broke his thumb. He's placed on the injured reserve. They signed Avenger quarterback Nikhil Roby Coleman in his place. Uh, let's see. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the latest there. Um, some off-the-field news here for the NFL, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap it up a bit. Um, we can talk about next week. We'll talk about NBA. We'll talk about some uh, some uh, off-the-court off off the news there. We'll talk about wrapping up the MLB season next week as well as some Week 2 action um, and some uh, – some other shit. I'm getting tired, so <laughs> we'll finish this up with a couple other stories here. Um, fortunate, tragic event happened. That I have to mention here for um, uh, the world of football. It's um, involving um, younger brother of Dawson Knox, who uh, we mentioned signed a new contract with the Bills. Tight end, um, former Ole Miss and Florida international linebacker Luke Knox, who's his younger brother of uh, Dawson. Passed away at the age of 22, um, August 18th. Very unfortunate news there. Um, we have the Hall of Fame quarterback for the Chiefs, Len Dawson. He passed away at the age of 87 on August the 24th. And he won an AFL championship in 62 and in 66. Played the Packers in Super Bowl one, And in 69, he played the Vikings in Super Bowl four. So that was before I think Super Bowl four was the first one they actually called the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, Lynn Dawson, definitely a key member of those early, early seasons there of uh, NFL AFL rivalry. Yeah, yeah, it was the last Super Bowl before the merger, I should say. So so yeah, that uh it goes down in uh, the annals of uh NFL history there. So um r.i.p there to len dawson uh, there's a legendary photo of him smoking a cigarette smoking a heater in the locker room if you haven't seen this picture i recommend that shit go check that shit out but um but yeah let's see we have uh manuel sanders he retires after 12 seasons with the broncos um and with i think he was most recently with the bills he played also with pittsburgh and I might be missing another team there. So uh um won a championship with Denver may oh the Niners. That's right. He played with the Niners as well. He uh made it to the Super Bowl with the Niners. So um uh best of luck on your future endeavors there. Um in hindsight, what the fuck do I want to say? I don't know. <laughs> hey, come out to our comedy show if you're in LA. I'm going to put up the flyer one more time. We'll be out here in Koreatown this Tuesday. Um, 9 p.m., come on by. Mark, We got Islos Marquez, Alex Brown, Mala Munoz, Alex Farvar, Brian Blank, and John Condelic coming to you. You know the fucking vibes. We're going to be telling some jokes, telling some ha-has. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Come on out. Come on out. Check us out. Check us out. Um, yeah, give us a follow on Instagram, all that shit, all that good stuff. Um, like, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. Spotify, SoundCloud, 
freaking Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen, wherever you listen, we're there. We're on YouTube, Twitch. Give us all love. Give us all love. Um, thank you so much, every single one of you who've been a part of this. Uh, this has been episode 117 of the Puro Caballero Show, and um, we're done. I'm tired, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Uh, go Raiders. Hopefully they get back on the winning streak against uh, Arizona. Yeah, I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deuces.